family, freedom. It all still matters here. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. Guilty until proven innocent, and even that might not be enough to uh, save your reputation and, who knows, maybe your job in today's politics. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thanks for spending part of your weekend with us here on American Viewpoints. Also, just ahead here in about uh, about 14 minutes, a fresh look at the legacy of Ronald Reagan. Yeah, a new book that comes out uh, pretty shortly here examines his place, not just in the conservative movement, but in our national history and talks about how that relates to us all today. Well, if you've been, um, oh man, if you've been following the news this past uh, week, it is just getting uglier and uglier and uglier out there. Supreme Court Justice uh, Kavanaugh under fire again for the same things that he was under fire before. Also, the presidential race. Well, we know that's always going to be kind of a figurative bare knuckles campaign. That's the way it always is. Uh, So let's get some perspective on that. I'm joined now by former Missouri Speaker of the House, Tim Jones. He's also uh, an attorney and he's a host on 97.1 FM Talk, our great affiliate in St. Louis. Tim, thanks for the time this weekend. Mike, thanks for having me. Great to speak with you. Now, I would have thought that once... Justice Kavanaugh or any Supreme Court justice goes through the bruising hearings and a vote. And they're supposed to be tough because we're talking about something as important as the United States Supreme Court. But once you clear that hurdle, you don't relitigate accusations from before. And of course, the New York Times authors, a couple of New York Times authors have a new book out. And uh, not only is the book being called into question because of the research that went into it and what some of the witnesses are saying, but the New York Times motivation also called into question over this entire thing. What do you think? You know, Mike, it was one of the most surprising and disturbing uh, events I have witnessed, and that's saying a lot, right, based on everything that's happened the last three years uh, under the President Donald Trump presidency, where every week there tends to be a new surprise, especially from the far left. And what what was surprising about it was that presidential candidates on the Democratic side took a, a recitation from a book excerpt and decided that that was grounds to impeach a Supreme Court justice. Uh, they didn't, they didn't, they, it, it's, this, uh, it's this rush to judgment that we constantly see. It's, it's, it's whatever the facts are, we'll find out what they are later, but right now I can make political hay about this. I can get my five-second news clip. I'm running for president, so I really don't care what I say about another person's reputation, their integrity, their family, as long as I can achieve some kind of political success out of this. And we saw uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke and Kamala Harris and Cory Booker do just that last weekend. Well, Mike, what was amazing, though, was that within 24 hours, uh, incredible journalists like Molly Hemingway of The Federalist exposed the entire fraud. Uh, she pointed out that there were key critical facts that were apparently omitted, and some wonder if they were purposefully omitted, out of this book excerpt that these two New York Times authors were releasing, uh, I don't know if it was this past week or in the very near future, that basically the witness uh, against Kavanaugh uh, did not want to come forward, did not remember any of the events or items, it really was incredible, Mike, that, you know, a, th- th- something that had been out there for quite a while. Again, this was an excerpt from a book. It was basically repackaged and reformulated 
to be, as you mentioned, part two of the witch hunt against Justice Kavanaugh. You know what this comes down to, Mike, is that the Democrats remain absolutely distraught that they don't control the Supreme Court. Ultimately, they have not gotten over election 2016. And the accusations against uh, Brett Kavanaugh go back to a party when he was in college saying he did something very inappropriate. And at this point, there there is nobody who is, as I understand it, there is nobody who is directly supporting that claim uh, so far at this point, uh, the witnesses are saying we don't remember. And so the bigger yeah, Mike, and that's correct. And, and yeah. back to journalism 101, right? Yeah. Two other two other major uh, news outlets, the Washington Post, the Washington Post and the New York Post both declined to run with the store because of what you just said. Zero corroboration, zero confirmation. But the New York Times seems dead set on attacking the president and anybody connected to his administration, so much so that they don't really care about journalistic ethics or, or anything else. There was a National Review article that came out this past week that said it was the, the, the biggest case of journalistic malpractice they've ever seen. And the National Review is not an apologist for President Trump. Oh, not Trump. at they've all. Been no. calling, they've been calling balls and strikes, I think, pretty pretty objectively throughout the last three years. Yeah, I re- the National Review is on my must-read, along with Reason and along with some uh, websites on the left as well. But, Tim, we tend to look at this moment in time, you know, saying it's about Brett Kavanaugh in particular or about President Donald Trump in particular, but to me, there's a bigger picture here, uh, and that is if we abandon the idea that you are innocent until proven guilty, I understand that refers to criminal court, but if we abandon that saying, I don't like somebody or I, I worry about how they're going to govern, then we're bringing back what used to be called the politics of personal destruction back in the 90s, and we've brought it back, which is if I don't like how you're going to act in office then my tactic is to destroy you, maybe your family now. And I've seen the right do this, and I've seen the left do this. Just right now it happens to be the left that's doing it. But it's happened on both sides, and to me it, there's a much bigger picture of we, the people, need to demand better from both parties. Exactly, Mike. I mean, we just we decided to end the practice of uh, of flogging in the public square uh, for quite a long time ago. And uh, like you mentioned, you know, we don't like it when either side does it. But, boy, the Democrats seem to be doing it with abandon these days. It's it's attack. Like you said, attack your political opponent first at all costs, even if it's a mere allegation. And that is that is really a disturbing place for us to be. And it's apparently because uh, the Democrats have decided that President Trump must be defeated, attacked, maligned, criticized at all costs, the, the means justifying the ends. And that is a horrible place for our civil discourse to be, for, 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 these, for the debates on public policy to be, when it is just now about the politics of personal destruction. Mike, no, I think no. the American people recoil against that. I mean, if the Democrats want to go there again, let's have that argument, because last year during the confirmation hearings of Kavanaugh, you saw Congress's approval rating drop you know, beyond an all-time low, and people rejected that argument. They, they thought, well, maybe Brett Kavanaugh, he, maybe he partied a little too much in, in high school or college, but he wasn't this evil, malicious person uh, that was guilty of all these things without any proof whatsoever that the Democrats were trying to say he was. 
And if they want to relitigate that for election 2020, I think they're going to uh, they're going to regret it. I think they probably will, too. And to be fair, President Trump has not exactly elevated our level of political discourse either. So we've really got just uh, there's a reason that I think so many people are so disgusted at a new level with our political discourse. Um, And and you can blame both sides to some degree for that. I think you can, but, uh, you know, what I always say is, yes, would I rather uh, uh, President Trump have a more elevated, uh, more elevated uh, speaking style or, you know, a more presidential, you know, debate response? But let's let's look at, though, what he mainly does when he does react in such a way. He's usually reacting, right? He's usually counterpunching to something that the left is is hurling at him. Mike, there's been 95 percent plus negative coverage of this president from day one. They, they never give him any quarter. They never give him uh, in, uh, in any kind of um, acknowledgement of anything he's accomplished to the, to the positive side. And my, my, one, my one biggest argument on, on this, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about this, is the state of the economy. If we had a Democratic president right now in the White House with this economy, I think that would be the top of the page Uh, banner headlines every single day about how great this is for America, how so many people are working, how everyone's being lifted up. But there's there's hardly ever talk about one of the best economies that this country is experiencing in decades, if not generations. All right, Tim, people want to be in touch or follow what you're doing. You're pretty active on social media. How do you want to get in touch with you? Yes, Mike, that's uh, at Speaker Tim Jones, at Speaker Tim Jones on Facebook or Twitter. You can always tune into the Tim Jones Show on Sundays on 97.1 FM Talk from 7 to 9 p.m. All right, uh, Tim Jones, appreciate the time, my friend. Thanks, Mike. Great to speak with you. All right, just ahead here in a couple of minutes, getting right with Reagan. What does that mean? Not just for conservatives, but for in the entire country when we look back at the legacy of Ronald Reagan. It's just ahead here on American Viewpoints. In the wake of a disaster, what one thing can you send that will help people the most? A blanket, a tent, a sandbag, a doctor. Actually, if you send a monetary donation, you send all these things. Even a small donation can make a big impact and can quickly become exactly what people affected by disaster need most. In the wake of a hurricane, your monetary donation can make a huge difference to those in need. To donate, visit supporthurricanerelief.org. That's supporthurricanerelief.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Did you like what you heard on the show, or did my guest get it totally wrong? Or maybe I got it wrong. Either way, hear it again and share our discussions through the American Viewpoints podcast. I'm Mike Ferguson, and every segment of this show is posted as a podcast. Find it on Simplecast or Spotify, Radio Public, iHeart, or pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. A new podcast is posted every Monday through Thursday, so subscribe and keep the conversation going. 